This morning, it's Joshua Aaron with You Are Holy. It's Victory 91.5. Keith and our general manager, Ray Haynes, in studio as we continue through our teaching today. If you missed any of it, make sure you go to victory.radio or you can you can go to the blog.victory.radio. All the notes will be there. Read through it. You're not going to have to sit through the songs and it's just the teaching, but it's powerful. We were talking sure. off air. It's a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. It has put us in a different perspective where we're at, and I just have a sense that it's just meeting people right where they need, right where they need it. Oh, I, I do pray it is. It's uh, it's one of those times where when you get to Pentecost, we want you to encounter the Holy Spirit. We want you to get all of Jesus that you can get. I was listening to the Joshua Aaron and thinking about when last time we were in Jerusalem, and I... Uh, I had heard that the pilgrimage road was had been discovered and they had been working to open it up. And this the pilgrimage road is where you went from the Pool of Siloam up to the temple is where you took your sacrifice. And so while we were over near it, I said, hmm, and nobody was there. So I snuck in <laughs> and uh, they, were, they were all just giving lectures and stuff. I said, well, they're not watching. So I got to walk up through some and looked at it and met a guy in there who was one of the excavators and showed me a bunch of stuff. And it just so happens when friends on Facebook with the city of david which you can just go up look at the city of david and they're doing a live video tours and they got halfway up uh, a few weeks ago and now they did the rest of the way hmm. or they'll take you all the way up on the video yesterday so i was literally on, on the video watching where i had been walking you know <laughs> uh last last year and just enjoying getting to go the rest of the way on that journey so this this festival of Pentecost is one of those that you walked on the pilgrimage road and it was very important. And where you ended up was you ended up on the top, what we call the, this big platform now where the temple was put, but that was where the, the book of Acts where they say the Holy spirit came down as tongues of fire. That's where it happened, not in some little room somewhere, but it happened right there in where the Jews would gather together. They would have been there praying all night long. And it is definitely the most unusual things. I remember as a kid growing up and tongues of fire. And I've always thinking, what in the world is a tongue of fire? Because you know what your tongue looks like. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking tongues <laughs> made out of fire above their head. And uh, it's such a, uh, you know, it's a kid. But, you know, you don't have anything else to judge it by. But uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So we're going to talk about where this all came from. It didn't just happen in Acts. This actually is Old Testament from Mount Sinai. On the first Pentecost, signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the Torah, the law, at Mount Sinai. And there was, ready, smoke, fire, and a cloud on the mountain. The mountain trembled, and the blast of a shofar sounded louder and louder. The voice of God was audibly heard by the entire nation. Every single person that came out of Egypt standing at Mount Sinai heard the voice of God. Now, according to the Midrash, which is a traditional Jewish interpretation of Scripture, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai was accompanied by several wonders. Number one, flames of fire which came to each individual at Sinai. So they're not reading from the book of Acts. This is where they're reading from the, the story of the Exodus. It says, 
This is in the Midrash. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard the Lord's voice, but actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from the Lord's mouth. They visualized them as fiery substance. Each commandment that left the Lord's mouth traveled around the entire camp and then came back to every Jew individually. So if you're wondering where the imagery in the in the book of Acts, when they wrote that, what people were thinking, well, actually, it wasn't as bizarre as it was to me as a little kid <laughs> because they grew up with it in their midrash. So number two, the voice of God speaking in every language known to man. So in rabbinic lore, there are 70 mother languages. It says, and all the people witness the thunderings, plural. So it is said that God's voice, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices in 70 languages so that all the nations should understand. Because you remember, even though the Jews came out of Egypt, there was others with them. The Egyptians and others came along with them. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, this is Exodus, they trembled with fear. In Hebrew, the thunder and lightnings in this passage is by English translator translated it a little bit funny. Actually, I think it'd be incorrectly, but thunder and lightnings should really literally say voices and torches or fires or lights, basically. Voices was translated thunders because voices are normally heard rather than seen. And torches was translated lightnings to perhaps match logically thunder and lightning, right? But it's actually, it really is voices and fire. So the word voices is plural. What the people heard was one God, but many voices or languages. This means that everyone heard the Torah in a way they could understand it in the language that they spoke, even though they were a mixed multitude. What's wonderful about that is if you raise children, you know, you have to figure out a way to communicate the gospel, the truth to a child. And this is modeled here by God and the fact that he spoke in a way that everyone could receive it. And for the rest of your life, he's going to speak to you in that same way, in a way that you can understand. In Acts chapter 2, we have, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. A large fire of some sort came down from heaven and then divided and covered each one of them, is what we're talking here. All of them, back to the scripture, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here we have voices and torches or fires again. Acts 2. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them, each of us, hears them in our own native language? Now, it's interesting because uh, while tongues is a language that you receive, if you listen to see what's being said here, the Bible says the people heard in their language. It doesn't say that the languages were spoken or that the apostles were speaking in that language, just that they heard. So just like at Sinai, everyone heard in their own language as God was speaking. So it was God who was speaking. The disciples and followers of Jesus were all aware of the giving of the Torah at Shavuot. They knew the story of the words of fire resting on individuals at Shavuot. They knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind in every language at Shavuot, the very first one with Moses. Therefore, the miracles and the signs and the wonders they experienced in Acts chapter 2 
carry deep significance and prophetic fulfillment. You wonder why 3,000 people went, whoa, what just happened? And why they responded the way they did, because it wasn't surprising. The tongues of fire and the speaking in every tongue were both direct allusions to the Mount Sinai experience and to the receiving of the Torah. They understood that it was the fulfillment of the greatest prophet ever to them, who was Moses. So uh, we're going to look now... um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, an event in history. Uh, is it for today? Yes, it is. What about this constant refilling? We're going to look at all of that next when we go out of control. This is Sandra Burrell of Trinity.